Welcome to Walkinverse. We're going to expose tyranny and share the truth. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome back. It's me, Kev. It's December 5th, 2020, and this is episode number 21. The Spanish flu of 1918, 500 million infected, 50 million dead worldwide. Bodies stacked a mile high. One quarter of the United States population wiped off the map. 675,000 citizens ceased to exist. The unknown enemy in full assault. To combat the plague, officials recommended isolation, limited social interaction, and mask mandates across the country. The question we must answer, did the fatalities occur because of the enemy or did something else cause these deaths? As restrictions reached draconian levels, headline news from the front lines broke with statements contrary to measures in place. October 28, 1918, Dr. G.M. Corbett of the United States Public Health Service ordered restaurant workers to remove their mask at once and never wear them again. In his statement, the doctor exclaimed, quote, Influenza masks are harmful to the wearers. They prevent the free breathing of fresh air, which is essential at this time, as they do not keep out germs because the wearers are continually breathing impure air. End quote. Today, in 2020, the world over, we hear doctors state these same facts. We breathe oxygen. We need oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. How long would a, an animal or a human last by just breathing carbon dioxide? Not very long. We need oxygen within a minute and a half, two minutes, things start to shut off. When you're wearing a mask, you are inducing a hypoxic injury, a pseudo-hypoxia. Their studies have been done. The point being that when you wear a mask, you are restricting airflow. You are also breathing in more carbon dioxide. So you're creating a pseudo-hypoxic state. But more than that, you're also creating stress because your body is now having to suck oxygen through something that's obstructing the airway. In medicine, in trauma, we're taught three things. When in doubt, go back to your ABCs. Everything's about ABCs. ABC stands for airway, breathing, circulation. And notice airway and breathing, all to do with our ability to respire, our ability to oxygenate. When you're wearing a mask, you're reducing your ability to oxygenate. You're also, because you're throwing your body into that chronic stress, because you're sucking oxygen, you have to suck oxygen through this mask, you're increasing your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone. Cortisol going up suppresses your immune system. You get into what they call a sympathetomimetic drive. You're driving it further and faster. This is a flight-fight response. This is like having your car in park and stepping on the accelerator. That's what you're doing to your body. So you are throwing your body into an overdrive situation of stress that is now going to create a cascade, a domino effect. Because when your body is stressed, guess what happens? happens? You need more oxygen. If a bear was chasing you, would you be breathing harder? And now you've got something covering your mouth. Do you think that that's going to create a problem with you to breathe? This is the reason I feel this unexplainable need to tell people, even though they're all around me wearing masks, I just feel like I have to correct them. Not because I'm trying to push an agenda. I just don't want people to be hurt. So this information is important for people to understand. And there's an entire cascade of events that continues from this, pro from this process forward. 
Wearing masks has never been established, ever been established to prevent disease. Yet the free press, social media fascists, and political pundits censor these truths from reaching the public's ears. Regardless, they cannot hide the archives of old. On December 3rd, 1918, a group of physicians based in Salt Lake City, Utah, demanded an end to the worthless public practice of gauze mask-wearing mandates. Quote, We, the assigned physicians of Salt Lake City, have carefully considered the medical aspects of the wearing of the gauze mask for the prevention of influenza are of the opinion that under the rigid restrictions as to cleaning, sterilization, etc., such as can be secured in the sick room, they are of value and their use for such purposes is recommended. We believe, however, that their adoption as a universal compulsory measure is not only impractical and ineffective, but may become a positive menace. End quote. On January 1st, 1919, a patriot named Herminio Chavez Sr. demanded that the mass propaganda ceases at once, but the press and other organizations refuse as they revoke civil liberties through fear. The Red Cross maintains a narrative in a Joseph Goebbels style of misrepresentation to instill historical levels of anxiety with their mantra, quote, Influenza, wear your mask, it might save your life, end quote. While the vulnerable contract the disease in their minds through deceptive manipulation of the media, Mr. Chavez stands his ground, quote, The Red Cross Society or any other organization has no right whatever to cause sensational alarm by saying influenza wear your mask, it might save your life. Because a great many sensitive and excitable persons contract epidemic diseases through fright and fear. The Red Cross is welcome to suggest all the best means at their command to check plague, etc. So long as it does not encroach upon the personal liberties of the people by using the press and both the civil military powers to force the people to wear the insanitary, outrageous, horrible mask. Accepting hospitals, sick rooms, and dissecting rooms, the mask should never be permitted on the public thoroughfares for the following reasons, to wit. It scares the people. It develops diseases and spreads them. It smells bad. It harms the wearer while inhaling his or her own carbonic acid gas. It encourages municipal corruptions. It hurts both state and businesses generally. It endangers the public safety. It pleases the Kaisers. And it creates, far and wide, a warlike feeling because a cure for influenza is still worse than the influenza. According to the laws of nature, the mouth and nose must have free action to expel the carbonic acid gas while breathing. Hence, any device on the contrary are positively unhealthy. Board of Health should be managed by reliable physicians only, which institutions should act within the limits of the Constitution of the United States. Hence, the arbitrary mask law, being unconstitutional, must be revoked for good before anything of a fatal nature occurs. End quote. As we turn to the Secretary and Executive Officer of the California State Board of Health 1919 report on the study of measures adopted for the control of epidemic, we learn of Dr. Wilfred Kellogg's findings. California mass mandates soared throughout communities. If caught without a slave device, individuals arrested on site. Churches, schools, theaters, any form of wholesome entertainment or gatherings closed, shut down. But, like today, saloons remained open during this pandemic of death to guarantee you receive your flask of whiskey or a stout ice cold beer. 
a virus as intelligent then as it is today. It's found in areas of happiness and wholesome joy, but not in local saloons. Kellogg recognized these civil rights violations and warned against the officials' haste actions without scientific proof to back their decisions. Their actions harmed more than helped. They enforced policies based on unscientific knee-jerk opinions due to unreliable morbidity reports and psychological plays influencing the medical profession. Quarantines of towns offered no value once a case appeared. Compulsory mask wear offered zero help to stop the advancement of the epidemic. Lockdowns and masks did not slow the spread of the Spanish flu. When they compared death rates to cities which forced mandates to ones without, the death toll was lower where no mandates existed. Quote, New York City, before referred to as one of those cities that did not prohibit public gatherings, did not use masks either, and its records of death is lower than that of any other larger cities. End quote. More opposition for compulsory mask wear came from physicians as the masks are as unsafe due to rebreathing expired mixed air with the warming of the total air intake, a recipe for bacterial infection, especially when covered in a gauze or cotton face shield of servitude for an entire day. Furthermore, rather than trading patients indoors, those treated outdoors had the highest success rates for survival in the fresh air under their makeshift shacks of salvation. Quote, Another reason for the construction of such hospitals lie in the demonstrated fact that the influenza ammonia cases have a much lower mortality rate when cared for in the outdoors, temporary shacks, than in heated and less well-ventilated permanent structures, end quote. Yet today, the media and health professionals worldwide tell the ill-informed public to stay indoors and keep their masks on at all times. Even though historical facts of 1918 claim the way to stop the spread and cure granny, and I quote, Sunshine and fresh air are important factors in the prevention and treatment of both influenza and ammonia. Get plenty of fresh air and sunshine, end quote. Fast forward to 2008, and we will find the culprit which murdered millions during this pandemic. A research paper by the National Institute of Health authored by three individuals, including one, none other than the infamous Dr. Anthony S. Fauci describes the killer of the 1918 outbreak as bacterial ammonia, not the flu as claimed by many today across the mainstream and social media. Quote, Surprising aspects of the 1918 to 1919 influenza associated ammonia fatalities included the following. One, the high incidence of secondary ammonia associated with standard bacterial ammonia pathogens. Two, the frequency of ammonia caused by both mixed ammonia pathogens, pneumonia cocci, and streptococci. Summary of evidence from the 1918 to 1919 influenza pandemic, consistent with the conclusion that bacterial ammonia, rather than primary viral ammonia, was the cause of most deaths. End quote. And by most deaths, they mean at least 92.7% of the deaths were a direct cause of bacterial ammonia. Quote, in the 68 higher quality autopsy series, in which the possibility of unreported negative cultures could be excluded, 92.7% of autopsy lung cultures were positive for bacterium. In one study of approximately 9,000 subjects who were followed from the clinical presentation with influenza to resolution or autopsy, researchers obtained with sterile technique cultures of either 
ammonia cocci or streptococci from 164 of 167 lung tissue samples, end quote. With bacterial infections such as these mentioned, vaccines were not the answer. Antibiotics would have saved millions. Those with weakened immune systems are over 65 and are compromised. Sound familiar? In addition to these truths laid out, Dr. James Meehan warns on the well-known adverse effects of mask wear to overall health. Quote, I'm seeing patients that have facial rashes, fungal infections, bacterial infections. Reports coming from my colleagues all over the world are suggesting that the bacterial ammonians are on the rise. Why might that be? Because untrained members of the public are wearing medical masks repeatedly in a non-sterile fashion. They become contaminated. They're pulling them off on the car seat, off the rearview mirror, out of their pocket, from their countertop. And they're reapplying a mask that should be worn fresh and sterile every single time. End quote. We now know the truth. Mask mandates had zero effect of slowing the spread, but they allowed tyrannical government officials to control the populace by anxiety and fear. In closing, let's understand the wise words of Dr. Anthony Fauci on mask wear. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. The knockout blow for the millions of deaths during the 1918 flu was from secondary bacterial ammonia. So take off the mask, open your business, and head outside with friends and family. Stand up and take your God-given freedom back, or die on your knees as a slave. It's your choice. I already made mine. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider a membership at $5 a month. You'll gain access to all past, present, and future e-reports and books, as well as member-only content. The link is in the description of the episode. If you have any questions or comments, please send me an email at walkinverse at protonmail.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-V-E-R-S-E at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. And until next time, keep the faith, stay safe, and peace.